This October, Overwatch 2 arrives. I'm going to give you a rundown on what to expect from the new free-to-play, team-based shooter game. There are a ton of epic heroes to play, each with their own unique abilities, personalities, and roles. Charge into battle as a guerrilla scientist, take aim as a cybernetic super soldier, or heal up your team as a rollerblading DJ. No matter what mode you play, work together to get that dub. Overwatch 2, free to play October 4th. On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, May 11th. Ian Cameron, uh, Andrew McGinnis will be with us momentarily, and we're after a rare day. Uh, a rare show during the Stanley Cup playoffs with no special guest yesterday. We're back with one today. Uh, we'd like happy to bring on Andrew Goss joining us here uh, on this Wednesday edition of the Ice Guys. Played collegiate hockey at Yale and now an active daily sports better in the sports betting industry and just involved in, a, in day-to-day sports betting just like the rest of us. So uh, pretty cool that he is involved uh, after playing hockey at the college level now in the sports betting side of things. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the Ice Guys. Great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me and excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get into uh, the games tonight, we'll break down all three games. We'll look back at last night. We always, when we have the guest on for the first time, talk a little bit about their background. Uh, Obviously, you played for a few years college hockey, Andrew at Yale. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, no, it was a great four years. It was a great experience. Um, it was uh, definitely something that I always wanted to do growing up was to be able to mix hockey with my academics. So it kind of kept me focused on both both avenues there. And uh, it was definitely a dream come true to be able to play at the Division One level and uh, play a, a prestigious university like Yale and um, made a ton of great friends, a lot of great teammates and uh, couldn't have really asked for a better experience. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the college life, you know, <laughs> that's a long time ago for me. Andrew, uh, you're talking to someone that's going to be 37 years old uh, in uh, two weeks. So the college life seems like it happened eons ago uh, for me. Uh, and uh, so just be grateful. You're, you, you're the age you're at. I would have traded that age in, in a heartbeat with you. Uh, yeah. There's no question about that. No, I, uh, I still joke about it. I just turned 27 a few weeks ago. And it's like, man, like I had a college buddy in town just this past weekend. And it's like, man, where did the like, time flies? Like, where'd the time go? Like, uh, I'm just sitting here chatting about the experiences on and off the ice. And uh, no, it's four years you kind of take for granted. And now I'd do anything to go back. <laughs> no, exactly. And uh, while we're uh, talking about Andrew's experience there in the uh, college ranks, here we go. A little highlight reel. I told you it's not going to be anything embarrassing. It's going to be good stuff. It's going to be you with uh, a little bit of your handiwork right here uh, in terms of uh, putting the puck in the net. Look at that. Look at the celly there, too. Look at him. Look at him go. 
freshman year fun trip to Arizona State. Got to see some sunshine in the middle of January. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. You know what? These announcers, I find, uh, Andrew, when they're calling college hockey or ECHL or the lower levels of pro hockey, man, there's some wild announcers. They love their hockey. They get into it. They're screaming and yelling, uh, especially during a fight. I heard uh, an announcer on an ECHL fight clip the other day. He's like, he's just beating the hell out of him right now. And he's just like going nuts. And uh, you can tell these announcers that, you know, brought do play-by-play for college hockey, lower-level pro hockey. They love the game. They love it. They love it, especially um, a lot of the guys you'll hear on these Yale clips were actually like grad students. So, they had like the full school spirit going, like obviously very biased towards the home team, which was great for us. But uh, yeah, like really exciting place to play. And uh, as you can tell, we had a lot of fun out there. I have no idea who put this uh, highlight reel uh, video uh, package of you together here, but uh, clearly they were a fan. I don't know who, but uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty well done. I think they found most of your uh, best best work here uh, playing at Yale. <laughs> Yeah, this gives me some like deja vu. It's crazy. I like, haven't seen a lot of these in a long time, if ever. Like, it's nice to see the uh, the highlights because, um, as you can imagine, in four years there's definitely some low points too. But um, this is definitely some of the best times of uh, best times of my life, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. So um, at the uh, at the end of college, were you wondering do I where do I go from here, or were you pretty sure? Hey. We're going to get into something totally different. And, of course, now you can talk a little bit about, you know, your transition into what you're doing now, uh, getting into sports betting. How's that gone for you? Do you find now, compared to when you first started, you've learned a lot. You're a better, you know, more advanced in terms of the knowledge base. You're a little bit more advanced now that you've got three years of sports betting under you. Do you find you've evolved and gotten better uh, as a uh, day-to-day uh, sports uh, better yourself? For sure. So, like, I initially got into sports betting just through, like, ex-teammates and friends from home. And uh, it was just one of those things where it was just like, hey, there's, like, a game on. Like, you guys want to throw 10, 15 bucks on it just to make it a little more interesting, especially if it's, like, a game that you don't really have a lot of, like, care in. Um, So that's how I initially did, just straight money lines or, like, a a point spread. Like, never went into the player props or alternative totals or anything crazy like that. But um, I kind of be quite honest with you, Andrew, uh, player props really haven't exploded or been widely available in across all major uh, domestic and offshore sports books until like the last year or so, you you know, year, year and a half, really three years ago, player props were just a very, uh, you know, foreign uh, entity to try to bet that. And it would be very difficult to find them compared to now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, it's really quite amazing. We talk about it here at Chalk World all the time, like how much sports betting has grown in just a few months, a few years, like since the repeal of PAP. So like, it is just exploding. You see it on every TV commercial, you see it at every sporting event. Um, it's kind of in your face and um, they're really putting a lot of money into marketing and to the dollars to try to get new user acquisition. And uh, as a sports better myself, like it's super exciting to see, like love the promos and all of those things. So um, no, it's, it's pretty crazy to see how much it's changed. And um, I've obviously learned a lot in the process between just sports betting more on my own and just starting to work for chalkboard and to kind of go full, full circle and dive deep into all of the intricacies of, of the sports betting world. And are you just a big four, major four type of sports guy, like in terms of watching and following and betting? Because I'm just basically, most, mostly hockey, basketball, baseball, football. 
uh, those four, a little UFC and a little golf as well. That's about it for me. Yeah, I, I'm super heavy into NFL and NHL, obviously. Um, I, I like the college football. That's really big down here in the States, but um, I'm not very good at it, to be perfectly honest. And uh, and UFC, like to your point, is one of those things like it's usually on a Friday or Saturday night. So if you're at a buddy's house having a drink or two, like it's kind of a fun thing to throw some money on, but definitely not something that I have a ton of knowledge in. But football and hockey is where I try to make most of my money, and that's where I have the most fun betting anyways. All right. Absolutely. NFL, NHL, uh, definitely. And of course, NFL, king of the uh, sports betting world, obviously always the most uh, popular uh, sport league to bet of the four major North American leagues. It always takes in the most handle. Uh, no question about that. Uh, yeah. Someone in the chat saying hello, Andrew. Welcome to the show. So, yeah, the chat uh, saying hello to uh, you here on the uh, show today as our uh, special guest. So this is a this highlight reel over five minutes of your best work here. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. I think it's finally coming to an end. There it is. Yeah, it had there to end go. at some point. It had to yeah. end at some point. So uh, there you go. But uh, if it was longer, I'd probably still be playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you got 20 minutes worth of uh, highlights of great nifty dangles and uh, amazing highlight reel goals. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe the skates would still be on for you. But at the same time, you don't get to experience and do what you do now. So. You always got to look at it both ways. All right, so before we get into the hockey, the NHL hockey, the Stanley Cup playoff action last night and the three games tonight, talk a little bit about the uh, company you're working with now, Chalkboard. Uh, you know, prep them up a little bit. Talk about what uh, Chalkboard is all about. For sure, yeah. So Chalkboard is a social messaging platform for sports bettors. Um, we've been live on the App Store for about 15 months now, but really in a space where we've felt super comfortable with the product for the past four or five months. Um it's basically often compared to as a mix of action network and discord where you have all of your synced bet tracking. So if you have a FanDuel or a DraftKings account, um, once you link it, it'll sync all of your bets into the platform so you can share it, track it. Um, you can track by sport, by bet type, all of that fun stuff. And then it gives you the ability to create groups with your friends if you just have two or three people that you like to bet with um, personally. Or you can join what we call boards, which are bigger communities that are run by some of the bigger cappers in the industry some really high level content creators on different social platforms. And now we're starting to partner with some pretty big brands and uh, it's been great. You can uh, follow all the live action in the app as well. Kind of like an ESPN app where if you're not in front of a TV, you can track, see Sidney Crosby had a shot on goal or Ryan Reeves got into a fight like to the second. And uh, it's been, it's been great. We hit the top 20 in the app store here in the U S just last week. And our growth has been really strong and, uh, we're hoping to continue to be very uh, innovative in terms of new features and product ideas and try to make it the ultimate hub for, for sports betters here. Awesome stuff. Uh, congratulations on the success to this point. All the best in the future with it. It sounds like it's great. It's like a met mold of, you know, tracking bet tracker. You know, being able to keep up to date, you know, live scores, being able to chat with other you know, like that's just a great all around, you know, mix uh, of different, you know, features that you can use all in one with chalkboards. So uh, definitely sounds uh, great. Uh, and uh, yeah, good luck with uh, everything you're doing there with uh, chalkboard. Uh, no, uh, for sure. Um, great stuff. Uh, all right, let's get into the hockey. This is the fun part of the show. We get to break down some NHL Stanley Cup playoffs hockey. First, we'll look back uh, at last night's games. And uh, we had some interesting games. We start off with the uh, Bruins and the Hurricanes. And uh, Andrew, to me, I, I don't want to say I'm, uh, I told you so, but I kind of told you so last night with Carolina. I said if they keep that game five on five, they stay out of the penalty box, and it was Boston taking all the penalties last night. 
compared to game four when Carolina just just shit on their chances to win the game because of all the penalties they took. Boston was on the power play, and I don't care that you have the number one penalty kill. You take the number of penalties that they took against Boston in game four, you're going to pay the price for it. They did, and Carolina stayed out of the box. Uh, they capitalized on some man advantage chances, and they bounced back, and for the third straight time on home ice, they beat the Boston Bruins in this series 5-1. It's been a homer series, uh, three games to two. The home team has won every game, but I stand by it, Andrew. I, I bet Carolina to win the series minus 105 uh, before it started. I thought they were the better team, the deeper team. I thought they have four lines they can roll out there. For the Bruins, I've got one line and maybe a couple of forwards every now and then that might show up for me. You know, I know I'm what I'm going to get from Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, you know, the perfection line. What am I going to get from Coyle? What am I going to get from Hall? What am I going to get from uh, Craig Smith, you know, and some of these other forwards? Not always showing up every night offensively. Carolina's got four lines that they can roll, I think, of forward depth. You look at the blue line, same thing. Boston's got Charlie McAvoy. When he's healthy, which he isn't right now, Hampus Lindholm, who they got from Anaheim at the trade deadline. Grizzlick and Carlo can be great some nights, and they can be awful uh, other nights. And that's about it. And you can't always rely on them. Carolina's got a one through six on the blue line. I like every one of them. Slavin all the way down through Pesci's excellent. Uh, Tony D'Angelo's at a much when he's when his head's on straight and he's not losing his mind. You know, he is a very, very uh, important player for Carolina. Got a huge goal last night. Big booming shot from the point uh, to give Carolina a little uh, uh, cushion uh, early in that game. Uh, I just think it's a better, bigger, uh, better, deeper team. And look, Antti Ranta has been the equal, if not better, than either Boston goalie uh, in this series, Swayman or Allmark. And I still like them to win this series, and they took a big step forward uh, toward doing that with the win last night. Andrew, what were your thoughts on that game last night and the series overall? Yeah, I think you made a ton of good points. I think, um, I think especially in playoffs, power plays are so crucial. Like You've got to stay out of the box if you want to have a chance to win, especially when you're on the road in a hostile environment like Carolina. I mean, you can't let those fans get the momentum. And like you said, I think Boston really shot themselves in the foot. You give a team like Carolina that many opportunities, they might not have the quote unquote star power that Boston has with that top line, but they're deeper. They're a little bit more poised. They know how to play their systems well. And I thought they really took it to them last night. I, I was with you pregame. That was probably my favorite bet of the night. I thought, um, thought it was good value for a money line for a team at home. Um, and yeah, and I think you're you're spot on too with the depth. I think Carolina might be one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest, on the back end. Which, as we know, playoff in playoff hockey, defense wins championships. And I think they have a good mix. Like you have guys like Slavin, who are obviously good in their own end, but can really contribute offensively. Um, Tony D'Angelo is an unbelievably good hockey player. Um, off the ice, obviously has his issues, but when he's focused and he's playing a game, the coaches want him to. He is one of the best free agent pickups of this past off season. So um, goaltending has been pretty even, but um, obviously last night uh, Carolina really took it to them and it'll be really interesting to see what game six holds. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Carolina finally breaks that home winning streak for this series, but um, TD garden will be rocking. So it'll be, it'll be fun. It's definitely one of those series that you could see going seven, but um I definitely like Carolina too. I just think they're they're more built for a playoff run, and unless Boston starts to get some production from some of those guys, like you mentioned, I think they're going to have trouble competing. It's just so much reliance on the uh, big three uh, for the Boston Bruins, and they were amazing in Boston. And of course, uh, it's more advantageous for them to have success in Boston because they get last line change and they can take advantage of that. 
not so much in Carolina. And uh, Hurricanes one win away from moving on to the second round there. Uh, how about the Toronto Maple Leafs? I mean, we talked about this a little bit before the show started. Sometimes you get you need to see a sign that a team's ready to take the step, right? Take that next step after years and years of first round frustration for the Toronto Maple Leafs and early exits. You look for those signs that, hey, they've grown up, they've matured, they've learned some painful lessons from the past, and they're ready to, you know, learn from them and for the better uh, and and take that next step. And last night was one of those nights. If we look back and if Toronto ends up putting away the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, we're going to look back on last night and say that was the catalyst. To be down 2 nothing early, the building was quiet. The, you know, the team was shook early in the game. It didn't start the way they wanted. Down two nothing early. Sheldon Keith calls a timeout. You know, tries to get everybody recomposed. And, and from that point on, I thought they settled down. You know, early in the game, you could tell passes were off the mark. You know, just wayward passes, signs of nerves, signs of being a little tight. You know, all of that with the Leafs early in that game. But the, they called the timeout. Jason Spets had a little chat with Jack Campbell, saying, "You know what? Don't worry about those two goals. It's not your fault." Just uh, we've got this. We'll settle in. There's a lot of hockey left. And from that point on, Andrew, I thought Toronto kind of took over the game. In the second period, they were swarming Tampa Bay. It was unbelievable the chances they had. It was actually rather shocking that Tampa still led after the second period, 2-1. to one. But Toronto really tilted the ice in their favor in the second period. And then in the third period, uh, they end up getting the two back-to-back -back goals quickly. Uh, Morgan Riley, a beautiful feed from John Tavares, who actually scored the first Leaf goal on a deflection. What a time for the captain, who I've been screaming or you know complaining about, criticizing, and a lot of Leaf fans have as well. Where's this guy gone offensively? You know, some Leaf fans a couple days ago uh, on Twitter, he's an eleven million dollar face-off guy. You know, that's what John Tavares has become for this team. Where's his offense? Where's his other? Uh, qualities that we've seen all these years. Well, finally, we got some offense from him, a big deflection goal to give them, get them on the board, the great pass to Morgan Riley to tie the game. And William Nylander, who had a million chances last night, Vasilevsky stopped him. He hit a post. He shot one just wide, finally gets one, a perfect shot, a seed of a shot off the post and in uh, to give Toronto a 3-2 uh, lead. No chance for Vasilevsky. Uh, and then McDonough ties it for Tampa, and then Austin Matthews on a rebound off the pad of Vasilevsky to give them the 4-3 lead, which they hang on to and hold on to and take game 5-4-3 uh, uh, and end up taking a 3-2 lead in the series. And now they're one – here we go again, but you still got to get one more win. And win number four in the first round has been very difficult. And I think the Leafs have lost something like seven or eight straight playoff games when they've had the chance to eliminate their opponent uh, over uh, the last several years going back to Montreal last year where they had three chances and they couldn't get it done they lose the 3-1 series lead they lose in seven there was multiple series there was a series against Boston Andrew a few years ago they were up 3-2 they had a home game on Easter Sunday chance to close out that series they lost it went back to Boston for game seven you know what happened there Boston won. Uh, I mean, they're just I think they're 0 for 7 or 8 in a row, Toronto, in the playoffs with a chance to eliminate an opponent. So that's what's staring them straight dead in the eyes right now. This is your chance to wipe out some brutal history. One more win in the next two games. Can they get it done? They look like a team that's ready to do that, to get it this done. 
They've been better than Tampa five on five for the majority of the series. It's really power plays where Tampa Bay has really uh, struck in this series. I, 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 they look like a team that's poised to do it. But because this is the Toronto Maple Leafs, Andrew, you can never say never when it's all said and done. What did you think of last night there? Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people watching the first period just going, here we go again, typical Toronto. Like yep. Every game where it's just like you, they come out and it seems like they're gripping their sticks too tight. Like in the first, yeah, I mean, we were sitting here talking earlier before the show, like it could have been four or five nothing after the first period. Jack Campbell actually played great. Um, I mean, he gave them a chance to come back in that game. And they, yeah, like I don't know what they said in between periods, but they flipped a switch. They started getting to the power play, built some momentum off that, even without scoring a few times. And, like, it was a, just a completely different team. They were the better team the second and the third period. And, you know, I was I was sitting there thinking after McDonough scored to tie it up, like, oh, boy, like, do they start gripping the sticks again here? And, no, like, they played with poise. They came out like they did what um, they do best. They got into transition. And that uh, pass-off pad by Marner to Matthews was, was unbelievably pretty, like – um it takes a lot of guts to to make that that pop right off the uh the pad of Askeleski there's no there. doubt that was telegraphed that oh, was calculated yeah. that was planned he aimed for that right pad of Vasilevsky because he knew Matthews was driving the net and going to be able to get that rebound and slam it home and that's yeah. exactly what happened it was beautiful it's uh yeah i mean i was i was i watched it on like replay probably 20 times cuz just like that's something you try to do in practice and it works maybe one or five times. And uh, I mean, for it to work that well at that moment, um, such a spark for the team. And yeah, like you said, I think it's there for them. Like if they're going to, let's see if they take it. Like I, I'm sure they're going to want to get it done down in Tampa and not have to come back home for another game seven. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost more of a mental hurdle than anything for them at this point. I think if they can get past uh this series and get into the second round, it'll do a lot for their confidence going forward. This looks like and feels like a team that's ready to take that step. It really is. But at the end of the day, you know, they still got to get win number four. And that win number four has been a noose around this franchise's neck for the last decade plus. So that's what the Leafs still have to find a way to get done. But they got two chances and they, they, they look like they're ready to finally win a playoff series. But I know we've said that before, and we're still talking about like this 0-7 or 0-8 run that they're on in the last eight playoff games trying to eliminate an opponent. That's still what they've got to shake off here uh, in these next two games uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this is not the first time that uh, we've had an Andrew as our guest. So Andrew and Andrew, because we had this with Andrew Gordon, I remember, uh, earlier in the uh, Stanley Cup playoff nice shows here you. on the Ice Guys. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah, Andrew in Halifax and... Uh, Joining us, Andrew McGinnis, of course. And Andrew still, um, I'm sure, uh, trying to come back down off the high of the uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, getting the number one pick uh, in the uh, draft lottery uh, last night, which means Shane Wright is almost assuredly uh, going to be a Montreal Canadian uh, later on at the NHL draft, which comes up next month. And, of course, if you'll remember, we had two special guests on this show that both coached at the Hill Academy. Brett McLean, who's been on multiple times, and as well, Travis White, who was with us last Saturday. They both coached Shane Wright for two or three years when he was, I think, in grade seven, grade eight, and grade nine. You know, that's the age level he was at. He was around 12, 13 years old at the time. Uh, and they uh, got an up front and front row seat, essentially, to see this kid develop uh, and, you know, teach him all the fundamentals of hockey. Uh, and every they both said, Travis said it, 
Brett McLean said it. And I think Andrew was with us, actually. The last time Brett McLean was on the show, Andrew was on the show as well. We were talking yes. a little bit about that. And Brett said it. You know, this guy, he's a character player. He's a team first player. Even though he's going to put up the points and the numbers, he's a team first player. He wants the team to succeed above himself. He's a two-way dedicated player to the 200-foot game in the mold of Patrice Bergeron. Like, there's comparisons that he could be, you know, version two of Patrice Bergeron. How high a praise is that? if that's the case for Shane Wright. So definitely, if you're a Canadians fan, get excited. It's funny, Brett texted me earlier today. I'm, I'm just thankful he didn't go to Arizona. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Uh, absolutely true. Th could you imagine that great kid, Shane Wright, and playing in that little rinky-dink, peewee-sized hockey uh, uh, venue there in Tempe? I mean, my goodness, uh, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I'm glad he's going to a big hockey market a passionate one like the montreal canadians it's great to see. i'm just Andrew. happy it wasn't the devils i'm just happy the devils didn't get the first because it feels like they've been stacking those uh top picks for years now and they have yeah. no doubt now this is a shot in the arm for the montreal canadians andrew certainly it has to be well of course you know people have been trying to chirp me on twitter guys saying how do you go from a cup run to number one overall pick and i'm like i don't really see how that, that's a chirp i mean it's it's awesome <laughs> i got to experience a cup run that as a fan they didn't get there to get the job done obviously but and now number one overall pick i mean people can chirp the habs all they want but hey some teams stack uh, first round picks for years and don't even get past the first round you know since 2004 um uh, so you know, I'm talking about you, but, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So here we are and they get the number one overall pick. And I, I think that Shane Wright's a player that from what I've seen is a 200 foot player. And that's kind of what you want for someone, because, you know, we've talked about Alexi Lafreniere and, and the pressure that gets put on certain players when they arrive to the league. And I think that it shouldn't just be goal scoring pressure. It should be two way hockey. And that's really, if you look at it, the Montreal Canadiens aren't going to change. They, they're always going to be a team that as long as they have good goaltending, which I think they still do, um, even when price isn't in net, they're going to be a low scoring team, you know, win three, two hockey games. And it seems like Wright is a guy that could play a 200 foot game. And Suzuki is adapted to that, too, which is why Suzuki isn't on the highlight sheet every night. But he plays a great 200 foot game. So, yeah, look forward to it. It was exciting, um, you know. As much as that it lasts about 10 minutes, I'm just hoping that the Montreal uh, Canadiens didn't get announced until the la very last second. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, the games were a little more exciting last night than that was. But it's uh, it's exciting and it's in Montreal too, Ian. I'm not sure if you mentioned that, but having that yeah. at the Bell Center and the first pick, I believe it was since 1983, first yeah. overall pick uh, for the Canadiens. So yeah, pretty big stuff. It is pretty big stuff, and they're hosting the draft. So you can that will be a larger crowd than usual for an NHL draft in attendance, no doubt, because they're going to get to pick the number one pick and get to draft Shane Wright with that pick. All right, Blues Wild, Kings and Oilers. We'll hit these last two games in recap fashion quickly, and then we'll move on to uh, breaking down the three games tonight. Uh, really give credit to St. Louis. Uh, still without Tory Krug, but. You could tell just getting Nick Letty and Bortuzzo back, at least that made a little bit of a difference for that beleaguered blue line, that shorthanded, very short staffed St. Louis blue line. And to be honest with you, look, uh, Jordan Bennington has regained uh, some of that 2019 Stanley Cup championship form. He really has. The last two games, he's been very good since uh, Craig Berube made the switch from Billy Huso to Bennington. And it took guts for him to do that. Number one, because Huso's been great this year. No question for the most part. And number two, Bennington's been awful for the large part of this year. You're just banking on hopefully Bennington, now that the playoffs are here, 
he's able to settle in and maybe find some confidence, get his swagger back, get back to his you know better level of goaltending, and he's done that in the last two games. So that's been a big part. The power play continues to be lethal for the Blues, and really Minnesota not enough you know thrust offensively after the first period. I mean, two goals in the opening period, which was nice for my first period puck line on the Wild, but nothing uh, after that uh, from the uh, Minnesota Wild. So give the Blues credit. That's a huge win in the series because now it forces this rather mediocre road team that is Minnesota. They didn't have a great road record this year. Now have to go to St. Louis for game six uh, and try to keep their season alive. So uh, credit to the Blues for a big win there. And look, the Edmonton Oilers, what can you say? Here we go again. Down 3-2 now, a game where they rallied back. I thought for sure they were going to win that game when they tied it 4-4. They were swarming. They had all the momentum. And then the Edmonton Oilers, I can't believe they came out in overtime the way they did. Like, they didn't even touch the puck in overtime. That was L.A. winning the faceoff and swarming them in the first minute. And then, bam, they get the uh, game-winning goal from uh, Adrian Kempe, uh, beating Mike Smith to the post and just gut-wrenching for the Oilers. I mean, you looked like you were going to lose. Then you came back. You tied it up. You had all the momentum going in your favor going into overtime, and then you don't touch the puck in overtime, and it's over uh, in the blink of an eye. Uh, that's a tough one, and it's going to be up to the Oilers now to re respond and try to bounce back from that with their season on the line in L.A. in Game 6 tomorrow night. Uh, Andrew Goss, what did you think of those two games, Blues, Wild, Kings, Oilers? Yeah, I – Personally, because I had some money on the wild, I was disappointed in the way they came out after this first period. I thought they kind of got the crowd into it. It seemed like it was going in a good direction for them. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I really thought they would take advantage of home ice because I think deep down they know that that was a game they needed to have. I don't think they wanted to go back to uh, St. Louis down 3-2. And uh, yeah, I just think offense just comes in waves for them. It seems like sometimes they're scoring quick and easy, and then sometimes it's the ultimate struggle. St. Louis is definitely a more balanced team. And, I mean, God bless the rest of the Western Conference. If Bennington can get back into form like the way he was in their cup run a few years ago because, I mean, they're a deep team. You have great leadership in O'Reilly. Um, yeah, I mean, the Blues could be a team that really sneaks up on people and could give a team like Colorado a run for their money if uh, if they get the goaltending. And like you said, if their back end shores up and gets healthy, like they are a really good hockey team. Yeah, no question about that. And I got to say one thing. I'm not going to be that guy – that just rips one player for a horrendous night, especially a guy with the pedigree and the career that he's had. But obviously we all know last night, Duncan Keith, it was just dreadful for him in a couple situations last night. The one goal that LA scored, it like a drunk man stumbling out of the bar, it just falls down, you know, just falls down right there in the, his own zone. Puck goes right to LA, they score on that. And of course he was beaten to the net on the overtime goal as well. It's it's more than anything. It's 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 you don't like seeing it because you know how great a career he's had. You know what he's done in his prime. You know just what a great elite defenseman he was for so many years. And to see him have a rough night like that, knowing that hey, the best years are behind him, it's tough. It's tough to see someone you've watched be play at such a high level for a decade. So I'm not going to take that usual approach of here. Ian's going to you know criticize a player. This guy has had a great career, and unfortunately, this is what happens when Father Time knocks on your door. And, and we're seeing that right now. And a lot of injuries. I mean, his hips. Uh, John Massey on our BetCast last night said it. His hips are fucked. You know, this guy has had so many issues right now with his and, he, and I'm sure moving around, you know, when he's not in skates, just walking. It's, it's not always easy 
for Duncan Keith. So it's just tough when you see someone that's been so good for so long at the end of their career have a just a terrible night like they did last night and result in two just critical goals against that for the LA Kings. It's tough to see that. It really is. Uh when you know that the guys had such a great career for well over a decade. Uh Andrew, uh here's your chance. McGinnis, that is. Uh thoughts on last night, the four games. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, as far as Edmonton goes, I just wanted to say that uh, the quote that Connor McDavid said after the game is exactly what I thought, where he said, you should be able to win a playoff game if you score four goals, point blank, period. You know, if I'm the LA Kings, I'm coming into the locker room thinking, obviously, they're probably feeling pretty good, but I'm thinking we didn't even play our best hockey game and we came out with the win. We didn't even play LA hockey and we came out with the win. You know, if I would have told you guys it was a 5-4 game, we probably all would have picked the Oilers to win that one, you know, in a high scoring affair. Um, and also we talk about big time players making big time plays and how hockey is a sport where you need to have depth. Two goals from dry one goal from McDavid in the third period. That's all they can do. I mean, you can't ask your top guys to do any more than that. You need, you know, scoring elsewhere. It's hard to complain. And, and you know what? I'm happy for those guys because that way the media can't rip them you know, and blame yeah. them for not producing because the top guys showed up. Um, so, you know, it's it's really interesting. A hot goaltender with Jonathan Quick and a crazy hockey game there. Um, I had the over six and a half live. Happy to have hit that. But guys, I took plus one eight or plus 825 Oilers before their power play. And they scored immediately after I took that pretty much. And my dreams were crushed <laughs> just like a minute or two into overtime. But uh that's a great uh, price, plus eight twenty-five. Wow. Yeah, plus eight twenty-five. Yeah, and then Money of course the, the Maple Leafs game. You know, they showed some heart. You know, you, you guys know I have some fun with the with the Leafs, and uh, I have a lot of fun chirping the fans on Twitter. But I'm, I've never actually been shy to come on and speak the truth about whether it's a good performance or a bad one. They dug down deep. Yep. They dug down. It's a gut check victory, and they, that game is an epitome of of shot count doesn't really matter. It's the dangerous shots that matter. The second Tavares scores that goal, the crowd gets back into it. Anybody that doesn't think that home ice advantage matters, you can just tell by that goal Tavares scored that home ice is certainly a factor. Uh, and, and it sounds like they had a great speech from Spezza and the boys in the room at the intermission and it definitely rallied them. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was a good night of hockey. Um, I was happy with it. I had Carolina, I believe, as a puck line wager for my ice guy's best bet, which is nice. That cashed at plus 175-ish. So. Um, Hey, I was I was happy to see that series, you know, kind of just get to more five on five hockey like I wanted. Not too many penalties. There were some, but um, yeah, pretty good night of hockey last night, guys. Looking forward to tonight's games. Yeah, mostly uh, Boston penalties last night. And I kind of figured yeah. you'd see that uh, after just the disparity we saw uh, in uh, game number uh, four in Boston. But uh, yeah, Carolina, one win away from uh, taking that series. All right. We've got three games tonight, not four, because as you know, Colorado, Nashville, Already over with the avalanche sweep. So that would have been tonight. So as a result, that series is over. So just three games instead of four tonight. We'll start with the Eastern Conference first round game five matchup. Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Rangers. We've got the Rangers minus 135 home favorites. Six the total uh, in this one. Penguins looking to close out the Rangers here in five games. Uh, we'll see if they're able to. This is going to be, I think for me, a strictly first period New York Rangers bet. Because, look, this is it for them, right? They're at home. They've got to come out strong. But I don't know if I trust this team anymore for 60 minutes, you know, with what I've seen. I've seen 
Adam Fox, who's going to be a great defenseman and great career, and he's already done so much and looked so great. You know, he's been exposed at the back end. You know, he's had issues, you know, containing Crosby, Gensel, Rust, and not just them. You're seeing some of the depth forwards like Danton Heinen and Evan Rodriguez here in these last couple games for the Pittsburgh Penguins do some damage. They have just been breaking down left and right in coverage, defensively in their own zone. That's been a problem for the New York Rangers. You could quibble about Shesterkin. No question about that, that maybe he's not been as good. Uh, but there has definitely been issues defending this Penguins team. That being said, in the first period, you know what you're going to get from the Rangers or what you should expect from the Rangers. And that's all-out desperation, all-out urgency, uh, a huge effort early. Uh, so I, I like them early. I don't trust them for the full game, though, because we've also seen this before, Rangers. Good start, kind of like game four you know, in Pittsburgh. They got the first goal. They actually had that start you wanted after a loss, and they couldn't sustain it through the second and the third period, and that's when things got away from them. So for me, this is the Rangers only in the first period because I flat out don't know if I trust them to win the game considering their defensive deficiencies that they've had in this series. And let's be honest, you start to look at the Ranger blue line, Adam Fox, Nemeth, Schneider, Ke'Andre Miller. These are all guys getting a taste of defending in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time. All right, and, and, and when you look at it, uh, there's I think Fox actually has been in the playoffs before, but still, you talk about guys that are either first year in the playoffs or second year in the playoffs, and Pittsburgh's just got all this playoff experience throughout their lineup on the blue line up front, and you're seeing it kind of shine through right now. So I expect a great effort in the first. I think the Rangers could have a lead after the opening period. That's why I like that minus a half at around plus one, uh, 55, plus 160. Uh, is what you can get with the New York Rangers minus a half goal first period puck line. I like that, but I don't know if I trust them full game, and I'm not on the Rangers actually uh, in the full game. So just first period puck line, and as far as the total goes, guys, I mean, it's difficult. Again, I said it in game four on the show. It's difficult to bet this series under right now. Like the Penguins have clearly shown their offensive, they're flexing their offense over this Rangers team, and you know, I don't know if that changes. And on the flip side, you got Louis Domingue in that who – I think even when he plays good, he's going to give up three goals. You know, even when he plays good, that's what you're going to get from Louis Domingue. So to me, it's over or nothing for a total in this game. Andrew McGinnis, we'll start with you. Pittsburgh, New York. Well, I have very similar thoughts to you. You know, I, I've talked about my thoughts with the Rangers, how they play when we see Shesterkin playing average or below average. People love to blame goaltenders in loss, but never celebrate them in victory. And we see that with the Maple Leafs and Jack Campbell, and we're seeing that with the Rangers and Shesterkin, of course, he hasn't been playing up to his standards, getting pulled, you know, multiple times. But you've mentioned it, and I've mentioned it, but the Rangers' defensive core not playing at their best. But also, to me, the biggest difference in this series has been the battle of the secondary. Jason Zucker, uh, Jeff Carter, Evan Rodriguez, you know, those are the guys. Now, now let's add in Ricard Raquel to make things even worse for the New York Rangers. You know, um, everyone showed up for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you see Melissa Cunningham in our live chat right now. She's making jokes about the Crosby-Gensel line greater than the perfection line for the Bruins. Well, uh, right now, it, it's a, a Fountain of Youth series for uh, my fellow Nova Scotian, Sidney Crosby. Yes. But I, I think that New York can can you know dig deep as well. You know, So I just sometimes I'm going to come into these games and have a strong opinion on the side like I did yesterday with Carolina. But sometimes I'm going to just be looking towards a specific total whether it's first period, full game, third period, 
which I also will be on in this elimination game, just like I will be in most of them. It is kind of circumstantial. It's always nice if you have like a 3-2 lead for Pittsburgh, the team that's, uh, you know, looking like they're going to win the series and leading in the series. But I, I feel like it's going to be just high shot counts from New York, throwing everything they possibly can at the net. I have locked in Chris Kreider over two and a half shots on goal at minus 125. Uh, it's one of my favorite prop bets for tonight. But yeah, at six, I, I like the over again here. And I think even if we get a good performance out of these goaltenders, whether it's early or late in the game, I think we can get up and over six. Yeah, there is, yeah, there is no change. Melissa's a Penguins fan, so you know she's on uh, top of the injury set status for some of these Penguins. But yeah, Tristan Jari's skating, but he won't be back, you know, at least. I, they're thinking in the second round. If Pittsburgh does indeed finish off the Rangers, he'll be back and ready to start net in the second round. Tristan Jari, that's what they're hoping for. And Ricard Raquel is still out. He's missed the last few games. He's going to be out again tonight. His is day-to-day, so we'll see if he uh, comes back uh, in uh, this one tonight. But, uh, yeah, there's no doubt. Sidney Crosby has been utterly brilliant uh, in this series. There's no denying that, whether it's been scoring, whether it's been playmaking, passing. He's been threading these through-the-needle passes to set up multiple goals for the Penguins in this series. It's been fun to watch, and it's a, he, he's basically reminding the hockey world, I've still got a lot left in my gas tank. Don't you worry about me. I'm just fine. Uh, and he's uh, showing that right now in this I don't want to get too ahead of myself, Ian, but uh, as a Nova Scotian, I was thinking about it yesterday with some friends. How crazy would it be if uh, McKinnon ends up going against his idol in the Stanley Cup? That yeah, it's a little Tim Horton's buddy there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, that was Crosby was his favorite player growing up, you know, and now That's they're right. buddies and they hang out and train together in the summer. I just think it would be unbelievable everything would just come full circle if mckinnon were to beat crosby in the stanley cup obviously i don't want to get too ahead of myself but uh, we got a long way to go it, do we get it'd be, it'd be pretty yeah. cool if that ends up happening yeah you never say never i mean pittsburgh's playing well and obviously we know colorado what they did sweeping away nashville in very dominant fashion so never put it past uh, anything that maybe a penguin abs cup final could be uh, in the cards all right andrew goss what do you think your penguins rangers yeah so i truthfully agree with all of the points you guys made. I think the Penguins are deeper. I think the Penguins um, have that veteran, that status that they, they've been here. They've done that. They've made their runs. Even the guys who weren't on the team for those cup runs are older players who have had playoff experience. And the Rangers are a team that is younger, that is really exciting on paper, but have a lot to learn. With that said, I'm going to take a little chance here, and I'm going to take the Rangers on the money line tonight. I think that they – Use the home crowd. They get a couple early, ride the momentum. I think Doming might get a little tired now. I think you get a little bit of that energy boost jumping in that game one, and then you kind of ride it out for a little while. I think the Rangers are going to win tonight. I, I don't have a lot of faith in them in the series, but I think they get into a little bit of a transition game where their defensemen can jump in the rush a little bit. I think Fox is more comfortable at home. They get the last change, get their matchups the way they want it. And, and most importantly, I think Shazerkin, that's the hardest name. I can never get that one right. I hear you. But but I think he bounces back. I think this is a statement game for him. He's going to win the Vesna most likely this year. I think he should have a chip on his shoulder. And I, hey, like, I got to bounce back. I'm going to carry my team to victory. I can't let Louis Domingue beat me in this game. Um, so I got the Rangers on the money line at one at 135. And then for player props-wise, I'm putting a lot of faith in Mika Zibanejad tonight. I'm going to take him to score a goal tonight as an anytime goal scorer at plus 180 over on FanDuel. Um, I think he's an emotional leader of this team. He's been there for 
years upon years now been through runs. He needs to step up. Um, he has four assists so far in the series, but has yet to find the net. Um, I'm, I'm going to put a one unit on him to put uh, to put one in tonight. It does feel it does feel like in this situation he is counted upon, obviously to score with Panarin and Kreider. Uh, but a lot of the goals have come from Lafreniere, Kako, Cop has been outstanding uh, in this series. That's been my goal go to Rangers prop in this series has been Andrew Cop uh, for them. He's been uh, absolutely marvelous. But uh, it feels like Mika Zibanejad needs a, needs a, needs a, needs a performance tonight. You know, if the Rangers are going to extend this series to game six. So it kind of feels like he's kind of like some players, you just feel that they're due, right? To finally find the back of the net. Could be that night here for Zibanejad for the Rangers. We'll see. So uh, Andrew Goss likes the Rangers here, minus 135. Uh, Andrew McGinnis liking the over, and I'm liking the over as well, but also Rangers. I like the Rangers even more in just the first period, minus a half uh, at that plus 160. And plus, Gerard Gallant called his team. I think he said seven different times in his press conference after game four, calling them soft. I think he said it like six or seven. He's not wrong. What about what he said was a lie? They were soft the other night. There's no question. The, about the thing that. is, though, when you say that about your team, sometimes it can hurt you. They're yep. going to go out and, ble- you know, run guys from behind and stick work everywhere. And when you Take get that message penalties. from your coaching staff, yeah, you don't want to risk the penalties. So, hey, if he's telling his team that, that helps my over because I think on both parts we could yeah. see some penalties. Yeah. And yeah, to no, Andrew's yeah. point, that's why I'm staying off uh, the side because I, I agree. The, I think they're going to we're going to get the best effort possible out of the Rangers. I just don't think it'll be in low-scoring fashion. So hopefully we can all win in some way. That's right. Uh, everybody cashes. That's what we're hoping for. No question. All right, Washington and Florida now. Uh, game number five of this series. The series is tied two games apiece thanks to a mir- – not, not a, it kind of was a miracle, actually. It felt like it. Uh, comeback uh, for the Florida Panthers in game five. They were less than two minutes away from a three-to-one hole in this series. Uh, and instead, they tie it with Sam Reinhardt's goal to tie it in the, in the last couple minutes with the extra attacker. And then Carter Verhage gets his second of the night and, and the game winner in overtime for the 3-2 win. Comeback, Cardiac Cats, one more time, uh, pulling off a playoff comeback like the many that they had uh, during the regular season. And now they find themselves home ice advantage back again. Series tied 2-2, Florida minus 220 here in game five tonight. Uh, the total six and a half across the board. Um, this is, uh, for me in this one, I'm I'm taking a small stab on Washington, to be quite honest with you, uh, just at the price that's being offered here, uh, plus 190. I mean, let's be honest. Florida, that was a rescue that they pulled off the other night. They were on their way to losing again. You know, and Washington, Washington didn't even play their best game, and they were still up late in the third period. You know, Florida controlled the play. Uh, Florida looked pretty solid overall in just terms of the flow and it generated chances, but there's still some things that are wrong with Florida's game. Defensively, what they give up is way too high quality right now to the Capitals. The chances they're giving up are great ones. Bobrovsky's been, quite honestly, at times not as good as Samsonov here the last couple games in terms of the goaltending battle. And more than anything, I stand by the fact that until Florida gets that damn power play going, they may not win this series. I mean, that power play was a huge, huge component of all the success this team had in the regular season, and it has not clicked at all. Not one power play goal. That's hard to believe. Not one power play goal in four games for the Florida Panthers in this series with all that they can throw out there up front. 
when you talk about Alexander Barkov and you talk about Jonathan Huberto and Carter Verhage and Sam Bennett and Claude Giroux and Sam Reinhardt and go on down the list of what the artillery they have, Ekblad bombing it from the point. I mean, it goes on and on how potent this team should be with the man advantage, and yet they have not been able to uh, figure it out and, and convert with it. You know, and we heard prior to game four, you guys, Andrew Burnett and the players worked extensively in practice on fixing the power play. All this words and words and chatter and yakety yak about fixing the power play, and it still stunk uh, in game four. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Maybe this penalty kill for Washington deserves some credit as well. And Sam Sonoff has been very good in net. So this is a price bet for me. This to me, I've seen now four games of this series. And at no point based on the head-to-head and how tight it's been, do I think Florida should be this big of a favorite right now. Maybe in the regular season you can make a case because Washington was not good in the regular season. I hated this Capitals team in the regular season. I thought they were garbage at times. And we all know what Florida did in the regular season, an outstanding regular season, President's Trophy winners. But in this series, in these four games, Florida sure as hell doesn't look minus 220 better than Washington right now. They don't. So for that reason, I'm on the caps tonight. Small bet at the underdog price. Uh, Andrew uh, Goss, we'll start with you. Washington, Florida, what do you like? Yeah, so I'm a little biased here, so I'll put that disclaimer out. I'm a Panthers fan. I've been watching them all season. Oh, yes. <laughs> you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I will say they've worried me all season because the thing about the Panthers is they are a very fun team to watch. They get up and down the ice. They play with a ton of skill, creativity. But sometimes that doesn't translate well into the playoffs. And we've seen that with Maple Leafs teams in the past, with Matthew scoring all these goals in the regular season and struggling to find the net come playoff time. I think Florida made an adjustment halfway through game four that hopefully will carry over, on my biased opinion, um, into game five, where they kept trying and trying to get the puck through the neutral zone to make the easy entry passes where they just got to get the pucks deep. They got to go get the pucks in the corners, grind it out, work it, get it to the point, get some traffic in front. It looks like Washington was playing basically a one, four in a lot of these games, this series in the neutral zone, trying to clog the blue line, just limit good entries for them. They want them to chip the puck in. I think you have to accept that as a team and take it as a challenge. You got to go down and get gritty. So I think if they do that, and it looked like they had started to do that a little bit towards the end of game four, that they have a chance to really take over. Because once they get their cycle game going in the offensive zone, they are a really, really hard team to keep up with. Um, In terms of betting, I am very, very torn right now between taking Panthers on the money line three-way. So to win in regulation at minus 135. But I'm also looking at Washington at puck line plus one and a half at minus 128. Both seem like good options, but the bias in me will probably take the Panthers. Uh, I don't know if I want to root against my guys, but uh, in an unbiased opinion, I, I really like Anthony Duclair to find the back of the net tonight. That's my goal scorer for tonight. Power play, like you alluded to, has to get going. They sent him off on his one-timer side. He's been missing the net a few times, but he's got a hell of a shot. So I think Duclair finds the back of the net tonight. He's been better at home this season than on the road, and uh, I think he'll use that speed. All right, Anthony Duclair, the Duke for the Florida Panthers to uh, get on the board with a goal score prop for uh, uh, for Andrew Goss. And by the way, his sister works for the Panthers. That's the that's the, where the love comes from uh, for yep. the uh, Florida Panthers. So it's uh, that's what that's that shows it. Like I said earlier to him, he loves his family, and that you can't fault anyone uh, for that. No question. Uh, we speaking of people we love, 
uh, Jimmy Murphy. Here he is. We love Jimmy Murphy. Uh, he's joining us here on the uh, Ice Guys. Uh, look, it's been chaotic. Jimmy's been busy as hell, so and I know he's writing up a storm again today, but he's going to chime in for a few minutes. Uh, Jimmy, how are things? And uh, look, just before you talk this game, just a little on the Bruins last night. Look, um, they didn't have the power plays, and that look five on five, and most of the power plays were Carolinas. And look, look what you get: uh, Boston losing. It seems like if Carolina stays out of the box, they're fine in this series. Yeah, I mean, they have totally dominated five on five right now. And look, it's it, you can't have that different of a game in each building. It's just it's, it's sooner or later it's going to budge. And I, look, I referenced it last night on Twitter. It takes me back to that 2011 Stanley Cup final where the games were just completely different in each building. Uh, and then the Bruins ended up finally taking one on the road to win the cup. I don't know if the, the way the Bruins are playing right now, they're going to be lucky to get back to Carolina I mean I think I think there's a good chance it could go seven but like you said five on five they got to get it together right now and you look they need some of that middle six group to really step up I mean just because Cassidy switches up the lines and moves Pasenak back up to the first doesn't mean those guys can just depend on them and I think that's what happens here and we've seen it too many times over the past is yes it's great when they have that perfection line together they can produce but they're human and they're and they're going to have odd nights off too and you know the other team's going to figure them out a bit that's when those middle guys have to stand up. And Taylor Hall has just disappeared uh, since they put Posnack back up there. And uh, that third line right now, where I really think the Bruins were kind of looking at that third line as they headed into the playoffs. Uh, and they had Frederick on there. They were hoping he would step up, and he hasn't been that guy that they wanted. They were kind of looking at it like that third line that Tampa had for so many years, guys. And they wanted sort of a, a line that could score, but that could also be bangers. And they just haven't gotten that. And they're going to need that to stay alive in this series. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Yeah, Taylor Hall, lackluster in this series, very much like his uh, lackluster TV commercial acting skills and that Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman ad that they always play on Sportsnet for Microsoft. I haven't Rogers. seen it. Oh, my gosh. You talk about wooden acting, like he's just reading off of a piece of paper. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they need a little bit more out of uh, Taylor Hall, no question. And to your uh, point, Jimmy, I, I completely think that the home ice has just been so weird, and not even just that series, but in the playoffs in general. It, you know I like Carolina, but it wouldn't shock me in the slightest to go see the Bruins play a gem at home and then go back to seven. And that's just what, you know, comes down yeah. to home ice sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes home ice really does. And it's just it's crazy to even say that. But, yeah, it, it just wouldn't shock me the slightest for us to see Boston win like four two. And then we go to a game seven. It, it just wouldn't surprise me anymore. Yeah, I just I think, look, and I'm not trying to knock Cassidy. I don't think it's necessarily his fault. Again, this lays on the players, but. Um, you factor in with them sort of slumping guys too, and then him not having last change on the road. They've really struggled with matchups there. If you watch it closely, I mean, they're just kind of getting eaten alive at the faceoff dot when they're in Carolina and they're never starting with the puck and those little things add up. And so that's why I think they're in the hole they're in. Yep. And exactly. And the thing is too, people complain, Oh, where, where did the perfection line go last night? You do realize Carolina is a great defensive team, right? That yeah. they, and at home, they can put their best checking line and Jacob Slavin it's in the top pair against them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you look, you know, people can bitch and moan about the officiating all they want, but if you really look at it, if you if you were to go and look at each game and break it down, it's evening off all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it seems like it's going Carolina's way. Sometimes I'm sure Carolina fans felt the same. It was going Boston's way, but that's not the reason that the Carolina Hurricanes are winning a series and the Bruins are losing it. It's it's the players, and that's that. Yeah, exactly. Well said. All right, Jimmy, what do you think here? Washington, Florida. Uh, I, I'm on Washington here. I'm taking a shot. I think just, really? it's just for me, Florida is not at all at any point in this series been minus 220 better than Washington, except game two. Game two is the one exception. 
Yeah, this is a game I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay away from the side or maybe I'll jump in during. Um, I'm going to go in the under, though, on this one, too. I, I just feel like a goalie battle coming up in this game right now, and they, they've been kind of trending that way, right? So yeah. um, I'm going to say that will be my only play on this. If I if you had to put a gun to my head and ask me who wins this game, I'd say Florida. I, I just think that that was a, the type of gut check win they needed to show that they can play in the playoffs. I think – there are a lot of question marks still, you know, we've been questioning them down the stretch run. They're not going to be able to play this style. And I, I think that they were able to gut one out like that was huge for their psyche. Yeah, it was just kind of like the Leafs last night, what they were able to do against the lightning battle back. And will that be a momentum spur for them tonight back home against the uh, Capitals? Uh, McGinnis, I'll just say it, McGinnis because we got two Andrews McGinnis. What do you think here? Washington, Florida. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, Looking at how Ilya Samsonov has played, it's been really impressive. We talked about how Washington wasn't the greatest regular season team, but the way they've transitioned and, and their experience has shown big time in the playoffs. But also, you look at the top six for the Florida Panthers, and you know we've talked about Carter Verhege, a, a guy that I cashed another prop on last game. I'm sorry, but he shouldn't be your best player right now in the playoffs. That's just not good enough, you know? Uh, your top guys have to be your top guys. Depth is great, but I still believe your top guys have to be your top guys. And when I look at the Florida Panthers, that's kind of what I'm seeing. So I like what Andrew's saying about Duclair and, and guys like that stepping up because those are kind of the, I don't even know if I'd call him really a secondary guy because he's a really important guy on the team, but someone that if he steps up and has a good game, it's great for the Panthers. So as much as I agree that, you know, I think both goaltenders could play well, I also just don't see the Panthers winning a game unless they cash their team total of three and a half, of over three and a half. I just, I can't see the Panthers winning a low-scoring game. Like, if this For a game, second time. They did the last game, yeah, but can yeah. happen again. But, that, I'm being, yeah. I mean, again, like, how long did they have the lead for in that game? Yeah. They didn't. It was an overtime, you know? Like, they, they still didn't really play that great of a game. So, um I'm probably going to look towards an in-game over. I think we're going to see a good defensive start. Both goaltenders play well. And even though it's a, it's a tied series, does it feel like it is right now? Do you guys feel like it's 2-2? Because I feel like it's like, you know, 5-2 for the, for the Capitals, you know. Yeah. Um, so even though it's tied 2-2, I think there's definitely some desperation for Florida, which should open up the game. So maybe a first period under 2 and then look for an in-game over or something like that. Yeah, I think that's not a bad way to go uh, because, like, it's very difficult now for me to get, say, you know, take over six and a half the way this series has transpired. You know, it's just been uh, it's been tougher for Florida to get that offense in gear. That's part of it. Uh, and look, Washington has gotten good goaltending, defensive play for, uh, and and like I said, Samsonov's been good. Uh, so you have to factor that in as well as to why you know we've seen more unders in this series, and that's a big part of it. All right, final game of this Wednesday slate, Western Conference. It's the only Western Conference game tonight. Uh, game five, Dallas Stars, Calgary Flames. We've got Calgary minus 215 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, when I look at this, I, I, I want to buy in. I, I want to believe Calgary's ready to take over this series because I just I've, I've been a very, you know, assertive from the beginning and just Calgary being better than Dallas. I still believe that. I mean, I look at these two teams, I look at these two rosters, and I say Calgary's just better. They should win this series. But again, Dallas has always been a tough out for them. We know what Dallas did two years ago in the bubble. They knocked Calgary 
out of the playoffs. And in the first three games of this series, I was starting to wonder, are we going to see the disappearing act again, the Invisible Man show, uh, once again from Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk? You know, in the first three games, they didn't do much. But boy, they, they both stepped up in game, especially Gaudreau. Gaudreau from the very beginning in game four, Calgary getting the shutout win. Uh, he was all over the ice making plays, getting chances, making an impact, finally got rewarded uh, in that 4-1 to victory uh, the other night with that penalty shot goal uh, to really give Calgary uh, a cushion, uh, a 2-0 lead. Elias Lindholm continues to be just terrific. Uh, he's been probably their best forward uh, in this series. But that was Calgary down 2-1. People starting to question them again, including yours truly. If you watch the show on Sunday, you know all about that. Uh, that uh, they finally an- they answered the bell and they played as good a game on the road as you can ask for uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Nothing fraudulent about it. A 4-1 dominant win. They outshot Dallas 53-35, to and it could have been even worse if not for Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger's been just magnificent in this series for Dallas. And even, in the, even in the loss the other night, 4-1, he was great uh, in that game. So... That's a sign to me maybe Calgary's ready to put their foot down on this team because I still believe they're a better hockey team. That being said, I'm not in a rush to lay a 215 price with them tonight. Uh, and I do think somehow, some way, Dallas is going to keep this game relatively close. It's got that feel to it. So I might sprinkle on the draw, to be quite honest with you here. I mean, I don't have a strong feel for this game either way. I might look at a couple props. I still think when it is all said and done, Blake Coleman will make an impact in this series, as well as Dylan Dubé. I mean, it's been mostly Lindholm. Gaudreau scored the other night. Uh, those have been the guys that have been uh, getting it done for Calgary, but Lindholm especially. I think it's Dylan Dubé time. He scored in the playoffs in the past. Same with Blake Coleman. We know how great he was with Tampa Bay last year and how many great big goals he scored en route to that Stanley Cup. I think those are your bargain goal scorer props tonight uh, for the Calgary Flames that I'll be looking at uh, in this game. But I don't have a strong feel other than maybe a small bet on the draw and hey, it's difficult. This is the we talk about a lot of series that are difficult to bet under. This is the one where it's difficult to bet over with the uh, Stars uh, and the Flames. I mean, Markstrom's been good. Ottinger has been like every night. Ott- the Calgary could have maybe six goals, and Ottinger has been the difference. He's been phen- phenomenal. So it's a tough series to bet over the total. So I'd lean under as well, and a sprinkle on the draw, a couple of Calgary props. That's pr- pretty much what I'm looking at here with Game Five Stars and the Flames. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you here on this one. Dallas Calgary. Yeah, I mean, look, guys, I, I've been riding under in this series and it's been treating me pretty damn well, except for once. But I think this is that next except for once. I think we see the game open up tonight for some reason. It's just I've just been feeling it. It's coming and I think it's be coming on the Calgary side. So I'm going to go with the over five and a half and also the Calgary Flames team total over. And then I'm going to take a Jimmy Puck line on the Flames. Wow, so this is all flames all the time here for Jimmy. Minus one and a half, plus 120. (laughs) Hopefully they flame broil the stars tonight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Over three and a half at a plus price on the team total for Calgary and also the uh, over uh, five and a half here uh, in this game. Yeah, with that's the one thing that I often, there is one thing, and I'll mention that to support your over five and a half. I often, and I'll ask Andrew Goss about this because he played hockey as well. Good person to ask. When a goalie faces that much rubber, right? 53 shots pelted at Jake Ottinger uh, in the last game. Doesn't it always feel like maybe the next game, the floodgates open, the goalie's worn down, he's beaten down, he just doesn't have the energy, the stamina, the next game to put up that kind of brick wall performance? Because didn't we just see this with Connor Ingram for Nashville 
uh, in the last years where he stood on his head in game two. 50 shots for Colorado. What happened in game three? The floodgates open, right? Floodgates opened against him. They sh- uh, put seven goals, I think, for Colorado uh, in that game. Uh, Andrew Goss, are you concerned about that? When Ottinger gets 53 shots against him in game four, his ability to come back, play well at a high level tonight. Yeah, I think Jimmy kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I have it written down right here. I got the over five and a half. I think tonight's night where we get some sparks flying in that series. I think Calgary will feed off the home crowd. Uh, I don't have over five and or over three and a half as a team total, but listening to Jimmy talk about it, it's definitely something I'm going to revisit before puck drop. I, I think you're, you're spot on. I think Andre's a young kid. He's obviously having a great series, but that's a lot of pucks on you, and it takes a lot of mental and physical beatdown on you. I think he might have an off night tonight. I think playing on the road, if Calgary can get one early, I think we could see a, a big game. Maybe they could chase Andre. Um, yeah. I like Calgary, but I'm not taking the money line just because of the value there. So I think uh, over is the play for me tonight. Right. Yeah, you guys, I want to say too, like with the goalie thing there, it's a great point by you guys. If, like, also, I think you, it kind of gets even worse when the, that goalie loses the game, right? I mean, when you when you put stand on your head, like I mean, like Shesterkin, right? Look how yep. he's been scarred since that game that he lost. And he made what, what was it seventy nine saves or something? I mean, ever since yep. that game, he has not been the guy we saw all season or the guy in that game. It, it seems like he was rattled big time by that game. And I think the fact that he was unable to propel his team to victory, he shouldn't have had to. They should have helped him a little more. But it, it, that mentally, that's that's frustrating. You're like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do, you know? Yeah, and we'll see if that mentally it negatively impacts Ottinger like Shesterkin after the game one uh, against Pittsburgh for him. after For Ingram, remember, after game two for Nashville. And in game three, he gets just, uh, you know, shredded. Uh, and Colorado, just the floodgates open, and they put a seven or eight spot against him. I'm not saying Calgary's going to score seven or eight tonight. Let me just clear that up. But it, it does have you a little bit worried. We're going to hear uh, Ring of Fire a lot tonight. For us. The Ring of Fire. The <laughs> Ring of Fire. Johnny Cash voice there, yeah. I fell into a burning ring yeah. of fire. I went down, nice down, down. I got to bring uh, Ian to the campfire. And it burns, burns. I do, I do a decent Johnny Cash voice, though. You got to get that. Uh, you do have it. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, some some night when we're having drinks, you got to do Cocaine Blues. Yeah, I will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I thought well, you were about to say something else, uh, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I used to hang out with Michael Irvin back in the day. No more. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, great stuff. Uh, Andrew McGinnis, your uh, step up to the plate. What do you like? I once here? saw a funny quote where someone said that they don't, uh, they don't like. They don't do cocaine. They just like the smell of it. So, but <laughs> yeah. uh, no, uh, look, when I look at this series, I, I think it's actually, I don't like to exaggerate about stuff, but I think that those guys, Backlund, uh, Johnny Hockey, you know, getting going last game is a huge part for that team. I don't want to exaggerate one thing happening, but I do think that's huge for them, for those guys to get going. When I look at this series right now, what I want to bet and what I'm probably going to bet after this show is for exact series result, 4-3 Calgary. I think this game, this series goes seven. I think it, it shocks the world, goes the distance, and Calgary comes out clutch and, and gets the win in seven games. You know, there's 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 times where, you know, it's like me with, with Florida. You know, thinking last game, they have to break Samsonov. They have to break Samsonov. 
they got Calgary got four goals on Ottinger last game. Don't get me wrong. I can't deny the facts and I get it. He got peppered. It could have been more, but I'm not going to sit here and say he still hasn't been an amazing goalie and expect him to just get lit up, you know, like that for two straight games again. I, I really think that the first period puck line is, is in play as well. If you like Calgary tonight, or if you like uh, Dallas, you could even lay the juice on the plus a half because Whoever scores the first period of uh, between these two or scores first dictates the pace of the hockey game big time. Yep. If Dallas scores, they're saying, screw you guys. We're going to try and win this one, nothing, you know, and play that old trap style of hockey. If Calgary wins, if Calgary scores first bet in game over, if Dallas scores first bet in game under, how about that? That's a philosophy that could work. That's like that, that. that that definitely because Dallas ain't going to open up if they have the lead. They, they didn't look at game two. You know, when they won in Calgary, they got that first goal and that was just watching paint dry for the rest of that hockey game. And that's exactly what the Dallas Stars wanted. So uh, there's definitely truth to that. That if Dallas gets the first goal, they're going to be looking to play park the bus hockey uh, tonight uh, against the Cal. Because we saw it in game two and it worked. So why would things change tonight in game five if they get that first goal? So definitely good from a live betting standpoint where you're right. They could open up if Calgary scores first, maybe it won't if Dallas gets on the board first. Uh, all right, there we go. That's the uh, Wednesday card. Uh, great stuff with uh, Jimmy, with uh, Andrew McGinnis, and our special guest, Andrew Goss. Thanks to him for joining us here today on the show. We'll get to best bets in just a second to wrap up the show. Uh, but first, before we do that, mention DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner uh, of uh, the uh, NHL. Uh, reminder that new customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older, must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the Ice Guys. We'll start with our special guest, Andrew Goss, joining us today. Uh, Andrew, what do you like for best bet tonight? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the Rangers. I think Rangers money line is my favorite bet of the night. I think uh, they're gonna feed off MSG. I think the crowd's gonna be going for them. They're young. They got energy. I think they get one more win. I don't know if they get any more after tonight, but I think they're gonna push the series back to Pittsburgh. All right, there it is. New York Rangers minus one thirty-five. Uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins for Andrew Goss for his uh, best bet from one Andrew to another. Uh, Andrew McGinnis, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, the props have been treating me pretty well, so I'm going to go to the prop market for today's show best bet here. I'm going to rock with Chris Kreider, over two and a half shots on goal, Rangers, Penguins at minus 125. Uh, whether or not they win the game or not, I believe uh, the Rangers do pepper uh, demanding with shots tonight. And I think Chris Kreider is a huge part of that. So at, at two and a half at minus one I'll take Chris Kreider over shots on goal. All right, Chris Kreider, New York Rangers over shots on goal for Andrew McGinnis for his best bet. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, what do you got for best bet? Yeah, well, I didn't get to touch on that game actually. So I'm going to let you know, I think the Rangers uh, force a game six here. So give me them on the money line and I'm going to do, I know it's not the best value, but I do think Chris Kreider steps up. 
Actually, you get some good value. I'm going to go two goals from Chris Kreider. I think he delivers big time right now in this game with their backs against the wall. Uh, Chris Kreider gets it done for the Rangers. As far as my best bet goes, it's going to be that over in the Calgary-Dallas game. That is my best bet there. All right, Dallas-Calgary over 5.5 plus 105 around that price uh, for Jimmy with his uh, best bet. Uh, My best bet, I'm going to go Rangers that first period puck line. I mean, it's a light card for me today. Uh, it really is. Uh, there's only three games and uh, you know, not really anything I'm in love with, but this is probably as good as it gets uh, for me. New York Rangers, first period puck line, uh, minus a half here, uh, which, and I'm going to go for that great value. That's what I like about this. Plus 160 uh, for the New York Rangers, minus a half goal in the first period. I think they've got to they come out strong. We know Gallant called them soft after game four. Their backs are against the wall. They're at home at MSG. I think they have a big start uh, and at least have the lead after the first 20 minutes. Uh, so there we go. New York Rangers minus a half plus 160 first period puck line uh, for my best bet for this Wednesday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap it up uh, for this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank all of you for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Jimmy Murphy, Andrew McGinnis, our special guest, Andrew Goss, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday. Derek Roy on the show tomorrow. Can't wait to reminisce about some of those great Sabre teams. We're going to wax poetic on some of those teams. You better believe it. Tomorrow on the Thursday edition of the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.